Robbie Myers present. Bam, we're live. How dare you, Miss Kroom? Miss Kroom, please stand. How dare you? Uh, gotta love the clickbait. I don't even I'm, clickbait. Clickbait. A morning calling. Is this the first? No, Jeffrey's getting a little closer. No. I just realized this morning that the first is going to happen, so I changed the show, the title of the show. Something's going to happen that's never happened on this show before, very soon. And if it doesn't happen, it wasn't clickbait. I'm just trying. Sean Lenderman. Sevon probably knows he doesn't need the clickbait to keep us real dim, but I appreciate the effort. Sounds like something I would say. But it's not clickbait. Tis not. Uh, Sean, you are not first. Uh, Heidi was first. You are not first. Steven. Good morning. A black and white photo uh, in the uh, profile picture. Uh, strong. Uh, greetings. Really, why? Point one percenters. No, I need this to be like 90 percenters. How am I ever going to get rich? Er, richer. Daniel Ar Arnson. Good morning. Another black and white. Is that an option? Oh, Cornholio. Did I never notice there were this many black and white? Maybe today's the day we find out who Trish is. No. But there is a first coming up. Normally, I title the show uh, with the name of this guest that's coming on today, but I didn't because I think something will be a little different this morning. I want to show you guys something. Uh, um, I haven't perseverated on the police in uh, quite some time. I'm going to show you this. Uh, th I, I'm thinking I should unfollow this Instagram account because it has such a strong influence on me. And Oh, sorry, Heidi. You can sit. Sorry. I just wanted to call you out. I was angry at you. For, for, angry is a little strong because you wrote this. Got to love the clickbait. How dare you? I just, just, I just wanted to make eye contact with you. I feel like you needed to stand like a naughty kid in the back. Okay, but you may sit. Oh, Tommy. Oh, Tommy, 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 Tommy. God, I'm glad someone... I, one of you are brilliant. I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of you. Uh, Dill's uh, Smokehouse. Dill's. It's good. Uh, stuck at work with no customers. No better, better way to sit at my desk and do nothing. Sub on all day, I think so. Um, uh, Judy Reed, good morning. Uh, Christine, good morning. Okay, here we go. Uh, Blade, uh, yeah, it'd be cool if Blade uh, saw this. I need to have Blade on the show again. Oh, we're thinking about just doing a show where we talk about, um, we're thinking about doing a show where we just talk about the fitness of police. I, I think th I'm 99% sure we're going to do it. We just need to get them scheduled. Uh, okay. This is uh, in the Bay Area. It says, police make an ineffective uh, arrest attempt during a street takeover. I don't even really know what a street takeover is, but it, it, it is what the title of it says it is. And I want you to check this out here real quick. Uh, these are two cops trying to arrest uh, someone in the middle of the street. And uh, here we go. Action. Oh, shit. He got his ass. So the guy's clearly resisting arrest and it's in the middle of I wouldn't say clearly but I'm pretty comfortable saying it's in the middle of an intersection. 
Hey, this is how people get killed, by the way. You're fighting with two men who have guns. And if any time they feel threatened, I'm okay with them shooting this guy. If you fight with someone with guns uh, and, and you know that they're just trying to put handcuffs on you and take you down to the station where you can fight with them later and that you this is the way we roll in society, you also need to know that like, if you're fighting with them and at some point they feel threatened, like you reach for their gun, the other guy can just blast a hole in you. Yeah, okay, fine. Dan Guerrero, everyone in the U.S. has guns. Fine. Then they should just, as soon as he arrests, they should shoot him dead. But Sevon, that's unfair. It's not not unfair. Listen, um, fire trucks have red lights on the top, and they turn them on so that they can go through uh, intersections. Do you know why they do that? Because we have a social contract with them, right? So that we've all agreed that if someone's house is on fire, no matter what we are doing, we put it off to the side and let the fire truck go by because um, they need to get there and put out what they're doing is more important than what we're doing. You guys get that? Everyone gets that, right? Anyone with half a brain gets that, right? Oh, my goodness. Defund the criminals. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Oh, the road does look polished. That's weird, right? I know it's hard to say where this is. So, so there is a. Oh, Slater. Uh, no, Sevy. When I turn on the lights, nobody ever pulls over. They just speed up. Huh. Fuck me. You obey the social contract. The social contract is when the guys with the guns want you to stop, you stop. They have to get home to their kids, too. If you don't like it, run for office or leave the country or move somewhere where there's no cops. Thaisen Hopper, oh, that's in San Fran. Yeah, probably, right? You don't have to sign that contract, yo. But I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's the same way. It's, it, there's a lot of contracts you're born born into when you're born you will be you will be tasked with breathing your entire time on planet earth it is a uh, you will be tasked with that duty now look now look are these guys lives in danger fuck yeah their lives are in danger they're surrounded by the most deadly weapons we have in this country. Surrounded by them. You see, you, you've seen this before, right? A guy on the ground, the two officers are in serious, serious danger. And a one to ten, I think these officers are in, in a nine danger. Ten being the only thing we need is gunshots or someone to try to run them over, right? No, no uh, they're not in danger of uh, getting... Uh, the flu, but thank you. Good, good, good question from the backup. Please sit down, Jake. Here we go. Here we go. These guys' lives are in danger. Look at, see how he's looking up like that? Do you know why he's looking up like that, everyone? 
by the way, that's why it doesn't matter to me what happened to George Floyd. I, I, I'm, I, soon, soon as you resist arrest and, and, um, uh, the, the cop's life is in danger when, when a hostile crowd has surrounded you. And at that point, I'm all cop. I'm all fucking cop at that point. I'm just rooting for them. That guy could be in the back of the cop car already. Heading down to the station. Had chatting with these guys. Uh, cars now pulling forward. You see that? You see the cars now pulling forward. You hear your cars like burning out. You hear the crowd getting louder. What the fuck? Did you guys just see that? It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up that we're asking cops to get in this situation. It's so fucked up. Hey. I don't um I I, I at, at that point um you know part of me was like well what if those were my boys out there having fun doing burnouts but at that point like Yeah, we do we do we do realize it's only one group of people who operate like this. They all have penises. It's just it's because they all have penises. It's just boys. It's all boys. Uh, I need a dick in me. A taser, taser, taser. Uh, Roxanne, uh, rule number one, you simply cannot resist arrest. If you disagree with being detained, raise the issue at the station. Resistance only escalates the situation. Yeah, I'm getting to that point. It's... um. Uh, I'm getting to that point. There's just so much wrong with this. I don't even know where to start. I don't. I don't. I have. I have just zero tolerance for for all of this, any of this, all the people involved. I at some point. What if one of those cars spins out and crashes into one of those stores there, which you know happens, and then the family who owns that store can't put food on their table? Yeah, resist in court. Thank you. Uh, CK Kevin, uh, this guy got away and is now a hero with his people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin H, uh, taser policy has changed so much that it's pointless to have them. Emma, uh, nice. I like yellow. Yellow, orange. That's the same color as Danielle Brandon's top, that dress you're wearing that she wore at the uh, semifinals. Uh, my sister's first week of being a cop in Washington. She saved a transient's life, transported a young girl who slit her wrist, and saved a newborn baby from a crazy mom. Jessica Valenzuela, tasers suck. I don't think when she says tasers suck, I don't think she means um they suck to get tased by. I think she's saying as a tool in, in their functionality, they are uh, 
inadequate and shoddy. Yeah, here we go. Vindicate. Cops should have shot the car and cops would have gotten trouble. I Yeah, I agree. They should have shot the fucking car. Uh, SOC, uh, defund the police causes issues like this where there uh, are only two cops taking on dozens. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Tom Guerin, Licks, I don't know what that means, but I grew up in schools that were over 70% black, then transferred to an all-upper white-class high school, then lived on the streets and in jail, and now I'm in church. It's a hell of a journey. Yeah, Heidi, and, and what if your son is in the backseat of that car? Yep. It's just at that point, with those two police officers there and the social contract that we're supposed to have with them, I can't, I can't, I can't. At that point, I think they should be able to do anything. If I'm in my, if I'm at my house and someone were to break into my house and I felt like my life were in threat, in danger, or my kids' lives were in danger, I would shoot them dead. The second I felt like my, I, I, my life was in danger, and that probably wouldn't take much because I'm so adamant. It's it's my goal to keep my kids alive and thriving. So if there was something here on the property, um. I act. Hey, this one time, this is totally off subject. This one time I was, we, we have a, we have a, I have a house. I'm on a corner, I'm a corner house. So I have a driveway on, on two sides of my house, right? I have a driveway on two sides of my house and we were in the front driveway. And it, that front driveway at my house is like a drive-through driveway. You come in through one gate and you can park in front of the house and then you can drive out another gate. And I got a basketball hoop up there. And we're up there and we're hanging out, me and the boys. And we hear something. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I see like a couple bees in the yard and then a hundred bees in the yard. And then I just fucking yell at my boys, run. And, and I point in a direction and they go running. And we saw a swarm, probably, I don't know, the size of a school bus. Uh, fly through our yard. It was crazy. It was absolutely fucking nuts. But it just flew through our yard like it's just a ball. And then into the neighbor's yard. Guess what I did, David? I called the police. No, I didn't call the police. I did call my neighbor, though. I'm like, hey, dude, there's a, there's a swarm cruising. Uh, Jess, uh, Imagine having a job where every single day you have to worry about either getting fired or getting killed. Yeah. It's nuts. Fired by the people that you're trying to save from getting killed. I'm so on the opposite end of where everything is going. Just someone sent me a uh, video this morning of Candace Owen got her YouTube channel pulled down for a week. So did Matt Walsh. No, I actually like bees. I'm cool with bees. I'm cool with bees. I would guess I would guess that my people in general aren't cool with bees, but I don't even know if that's true. 
I don't know. I don't know if the brothers are cool or not cool with bees. Candace Owens, YouTube. And and she said it was vague why they why they pulled down her YouTube station. It was around some transgender issues. So there it is. That was the first to show you a police video live from Instagram. What do you guys think? Good? Really good first? Okay. Uh, Chad Jackson. To those of you who disagree with this assessment based primarily on your belief that socialism is a system you prefer, I have a question. If a heap of overtly socialist policies were enacted tomorrow, would you support the allowance of individuals by the millions to opt out of being taxed to support such a program without the threats, intimidation, or coercion of the government? If the answer is no, then you are for the enslavement of those unwilling individuals. If you answer yes, then it's not the government's disbursement of provisions that you need. What you need are friends. You're perfectly free to bind together with other like-minded individuals in the creation of mutual funds and services in the private sector. So why coerce the rest of us by the threat of the government's authority to contribute and participate in what you deem virtuous? Wow. I know that was a mouthful. Uh, I'm going to play a video for you of this guy talking now. Um, uh, I know that was a little hard to follow, but basically there's things that you can do in this country if you have socialist beliefs that you can do with other groups of people. You can start a fucking commune. Why are you forcing it on the fucking rest of us? Uh, Chad O. That's a good name. Chad O. Chad O. I guess that's his uh, middle name. Uh, Jackson. Here we go. Action. The form of socialism. And I don't think there's enough scholars making that correlation between slavery and socialism. There was a distribution of wealth amongst the slaves from the slave masters. The slaves were housed. They were fed. The slave master was in a position of hierarchy. And the slaves themselves were in a position of doing the work. And if you think about communism and socialism, it is literally from each according to their ability to each according to their need. They literally owned nothing on the plantation. And you were given money based on what you were capable of and what you needed. And what does communism tell us? What does the World Economic Forum tell us? What does the Great Reset tell us? That you will own nothing and be happy. Mm -hmm. Chattel slavery in America is a brand of socialism. That connection needs to be made. Testing, testing. Slavery was a form of socialism, and I don't think there's enough scholars making that correlation between slavery and socialism. There was. Uh, I don't know if correlation is the right word. I don't know if there's enough scholars making the connection between socialism and slavery. The distribution of wealth amongst the slaves from the slave masters. The slaves were housed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. We are, we are, we are, part of me thinks sometimes when I'm doing this show, I'm just like, yeah, this is just, we're just a small percentage of people who want to take full, like accountability to the highest level. We care about other people. We want to be free. We love our neighbors. We want to take care of the kids. We don't care who needs help putting their groceries in the back of the car. A midget, a homo, a, uh, a whitey, a blackie. We're just good fucking people. We stop. I have this image of all of us. We put our shopping carts away. 
most of us. Yesterday at the skate park, one of the moms didn't have enough money to pay the, the skate instructor. She'd forgotten her wallet or something. People I hang out with, everyone ponies up the money. No one gives a fuck, right? It's just, just good people. And I think, oh, this is just fringe. And we talk about some weird shit like World Economic Forum, Flat Earth, don't kill babies because that's fringe now to not kill babies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we explored, uh, we explored uh, Jesus and religion and presence. And then I see that, and I just think it's fringe. I'm like, yeah, this is just kind of just some weird space I've landed in. We're completely under the radar. We're happy. We're having fun. We like to laugh. And then I see that fucking stamp on my new YouTube station yesterday. I mentioned the Great Reset, and there's a stamp on one of my videos redirecting people to the Great Reset wiki page. Just like they used to do with that other thing that they were lying about. Can you fucking believe that? They're going to defend that thing like um, uh, COVID. They're going to defend that thing like COVID. They're going to make sure that no one says anything bad about the Great Reset. Or that no one tells the earth about the Great Reset. Uh, you don't want to uh, see my pussy. You don't want to watch Friday show. There's a guy who made a, a couple documentaries on the earth being flat. He's coming on the show on Friday. Listen, if we can have people on here talking about UFOs, we can have flat earthers. Yeah, I know. Uh-oh, you said it, Sevi. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just tripping that YouTube has something in place. When, that, when we had that guy on, Lewis Brackpool, there was – in that documentary that he made, there was mention of the guy who's the founder and former CEO of YouTube as being a huge uh, World Economic Forum guy. And then I had that guy on, and there's a stamp. Have you guys seen that? If you go to my – someone sent it to me the other day. I think it was Corey. If you go to my YouTube page, they got a little stamp under it for more details or more information about the uh, Great Reset, and it takes you to fucking YouTube. Yeah. Tyler Watkins, I'm a hollow earther. Yeah, I can't I – can't, I have to keep you as kind of like normal um, because you do game stuff can't let you get fringe I'm, there's only room for me to be fringe uh one is a possibility the other is a delusional you choose you choose which oh uh, like flat earth is delusional and um aliens is uh, a possibility i've heard this before too uh janelle winston i think the earth is on the back of a giant space turtle I have heard that. It's tortoises all the way down or some shit like that. Uh, Fla Thomas Hopper. Wow, the flat earth thing. Flat earth is better than disc golf. Uh, Jake Chapman agrees, correct. <laughs> well, 
that uh, uh let me see who is that who's coming on if you guys want to watch his movie before it comes on listen who cares if it's true or if it's not true the oh no it's on thursday no when is the flat earther dude coming on oh i don't see him what the fuck maybe he's not coming on friday asia barto tomorrow here's birth story then Jesse Buffano on Wednesday, we find out how uh, Ellie and Justin got so strong. Then Will Roosh, uh, how not to live in an echo chamber. Then on Friday, the great James Townsend. Then on Saturday, nothing. Sunday, nothing. Monday, Max Mormont. Oh, the 20th, Tommy G's coming back on. Then Seth Gruber on Wednesday. Ooh, that's, if you haven't heard Seth, Seth on the show for the first time, you got to hear that. That's the guy who's dedicated his life to uh, stopping children from being murdered. Oh, it's on the 22nd. It's on the 22nd. Okay. On the 22nd of next week, a guy named uh, uh, Hibbler. H-I-B-B-E-L-E-R. H-I-B-B-E-L-E-R. Is coming on. And uh, he's made some movies about the earth being flat. Yeah, I just want to hear his shit. It's almost... It, it, I just want to... Yeah, it, I it just... I don't know. I don't... I personally... Well... I wonder if I do know some flat earthers. They just don't tell you. It might be one of those things. Shannon Medeiros, uh, not falling for the flat earther uh, bait and switch. Um, she's excited to see Jesse on. He's great. Himmler? Himmler? I don't know. There is going to be a first today, just so you know. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Something is going to happen on this show that's never happened before. Oh, what is this? Oh, here we, oh, here we go. It's been a while. Corey, hi. Good morning. What's up? What's up, dude? How are you doing? Good to hear your voice. Better now that you called. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I did send that link on the Great Reset. Yeah, are you tripping? What what is going on? So that so that when when I see that tagged on my YouTube, remember COVID was basically by any means necessary. The 49ers are the team. They are the team. They are the team. Whatever they say, that's the quarterback. This is what you have yeah. to do to get tickets. You have to go through this entrance. If you don't, you can't have this job. You can't. Do, I mean, that was the thing, right? Yeah. You couldn't even be like, hey, it came from a lab or it came from a monkey or it came from a bat or, hey, backwards it spells, have fun. or You weren't allowed to say anything unless it was right off the WHO guidelines. So so what did you say? That's what's making me think is um, I'm not surprised in the slightest, but what did you say that triggered the Wikipedia link to pop up on your YouTube? That's what, what are this, they looking for? That that guy made a documentary. So after you sent me that, we had Lewis Brackpool on, and he made two documentaries about the uh, World Economic Forum, and yeah. and the Great Reset, and and Klaus Schwab. It's kind of like a, a all in one this this documentary series. And he, after you sent it to me, I sent it to him. He goes, "Oh yeah, that happens everywhere on YouTube. If you mention World Economic Forum, sorry, if you mention the Great Reset, um, that mm-hmm. that comes up." Which makes me think that's the red light, right? Why would anything have to be defended on that level? The reason why they did the COVID thing, by the way, if you haven't seen Andrew Hiller's latest video on um, the Reebok post, it's fascinating. Okay, I'll go watch it. He basically says this, and this I'm going to tie this to the to the uh, Great Reset. He basically says that the the narrative around COVID is if you don't do this, people die. 
That was at the end of the day, that mm-hmm. what it was. You have to go to the 49er games or people will die. You have to get a 49ers mm-hmm. ticket or people will die. If you don't go to the game, people will die. If you don't stay home, people will die. And it was just this thing. It was always ended. People will die. Right. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when that's the, when that's leveraged against you, your tolerance for all sorts of other crazy shit is fine. Right. Yeah. They had to drag my neighbors away because he was doing something wrong and the rest of us don't want to die. That's why they drug the mm-hmm. Jews. That's why they drug the Jews away because they were dirty. And if you didn't drag them yeah. away, you would die. So now the 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 Reebok guy, the, the editor of the Morning Chalk Up basically said, hey, if we don't do stuff like this, people will die. Like he went straight there. Yeah. And Andrew's like, dude, what are you talking about? And uh, and that's what that. So when I see this thing, this tag on my YouTube video, uh, I basically they're basically saying, I think that, hey, if we don't head in the direction of the Great Reset, everyone's going to die. That's that. I mean, that's what they're. That's where they're gonna. That's what they're gonna say. That's the playbook. I don't want to hijack the show and kick me off whenever you want. But the reason I called is, it makes me wonder. Like, how do we not see that this is a recreation of what happened with Hitler? I, I know that's a huge. No, huge, it's huge not leap, a huge. It's not a huge leap, dude. I mean, like we're we're doing the same exact. We're silencing people who have you know, their opinions and thoughts. Brother, it's, it's insanity. Brother, it's the exact same thing. Remember this book, Cause Unknown, written yeah. by Edward Dowd, mm. the guy, the, the okay. one of the greatest investors in the history of the world. Meaning he's extremely logical and can and, and is great at predicting the future. This is a book anyone can get. This you can get it online, and it has it has just shitloads of people who died with QR codes next to their deaths, so you can look them up. And they were all Jeez. done doing the same thing because of the enforcement of the 49ers. Hey, dude, it's, it's, there is no way it's a stretch to say that more people have died from these last couple of years of a debacle unnecessarily than died in World War II. There's, 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 by, there's no way that's not, there's no way that that's not a stretch. And it was used the exact same talk to cure disease, right? That was Hitler's yeah. whole thing. We're trying to cure disease. We're trying to cure cancer. We're trying to get organic farms. We're trying to get rid of the weaker people. That's the whole thing with abortion, too. As soon as you scratch mass, the surface. Mass is progress. Yeah, mass is progress what, what, for the benefit of everybody else. Yes, for the benefit of, every, for the benefit of everyone else. The, uh, the, it, it's like 70 million babies have been aborted since 1970, and the origins of that institution if you look at that margaret sanger what the what the i'm not saying that that's why every person gets an abortion but that that institution was started for a reason and it wasn't for fucking uh, uh women's rights or women's uh, um medical health that is not why it was started yeah it's it's um it's 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 fucking nuts is that how many people died in world war ii jake jake 55 million just ask yourself how how many people do you think um, died unnecessarily? How many days were cut off people's lives unnecessarily by the shutting down of planet Earth for the last two years? What do you think? Well, I, I appreciate I, you. I'll let you get back. Okay, cool. Yep. Thank uh, you, brother. Yeah, man. Um, extra sloppy. Telling people that they should let the police detain them illegally is the same thing. Jews experience with the Gestapo. It's, I, I'm not. I'm. I. Here we go. Oh, good. My guest is on their way. See that pronoun I used? Oh. Good. Oh, rush. 
Uh, telling people that they should let the police detain them illegal. I'm not saying that you should let the, I'm not telling you you should let the police uh, detain you e uh, illegally. I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that when a fire engine puts its lights on behind you, you don't say, ah, I don't know. I don't know if it's more important that I do, uh, that I get to where I'm going than to where this fire truck is going. You, you, you don't, you don't do that. You should not do that. That's not, that's not the social contract we have. That's not how it's going to work. You you want to take this to an area extra sloppy, and, and I'm not mad at you for it. I agree. I agree. It, it's worth talking about. You want to take this into an area. So right now in Northern California, you drive around and you have to put your windshield wipers on sometimes. And some people will say to you, hey, it's raining. And other people will say to you, fuck, the fog was crazy this morning. And, and they're both not a lie. They're both not a lie. But there's a gray area. I'm not telling people that they should let the police detain them illegally. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, there you are. I see you. You can't see me. I can see you. Here we go. I see you. Hi. How are you? Oh, my God. Your audio is money. Is it good? Oh, it's so good. Hey, when you, when you go to that gear, Greg, do you see a gear in the bottom and it says settings? On the bottom yeah. of your... Um, when you go to that and click that, a window should pop up, and then it should, should say general camera and audio. Yeah. If you click on audio, does it have? there should be two drop-downs that appear, one that says mic and one that says speaker. Yeah. Are those Have those chosen your, your headset, that Jabra headset? Yes. yes. Oh, shit, no wonder you sound so good. Are they a sponsor? No, they should be. <laughs> like, I know you're. You are not a fan of um, headsets, earpieces, stuff like that. And all the years I've known you, you hold the phone to your head. You cool with those? Yeah, let's see. I mean, my problem is eventually it bugs me. Like on your on your head, like squeezing you and shit. Dude, I thought it was. I didn't like things in my ear hole. But then I didn't like on the ear. Then I didn't like over the ear. Then you got me those ones that work through the bone conduction. Yeah. And that bugged me the same way something on my ear, in my ear, over my ear, through my ear did. Uh, Robbie Myers, um, audio is wonderful. Oh, thank you, Robbie. I titled this show, this will be a um, the show's first, and people thought it was clickbait. But here it is, the first. Because before, before we've just been using the phone. He needs a CEO sign behind him. Oh, like this? Gold Peak Tea. Uh, it's uh, 7.34 a.m. on the uh, west coast of the North American continent. H how long have you been awake? A couple hours. You have? Yeah, we had kid uh, activity last night. <laughs> What's that? I mean, kids coming, I got, that means kids coming to your room. Don't you have kid activity every night? I have kid activity every night. Uh, not, well, there's a big, big difference between 5 a.m. and like 2.30. Right. Acting like it's five. Oh, come into your room and want to have a discussion about something? Yeah, like good morning. <laughs> Not even, you know. Um, you you're you're doing um uh, BSI broken science. I am, and but a huge, massive 
um, chunk of your life and the people who uh, adore you and who are still um, um, benefiting from the gifts of your previous work are out there everywhere on the planet and probably going, growing every day. And I, I feel like you haven't said anything explicit to me, but I feel like there's this tension between you uh, um, in you of wanting to – you're not interested in bathing in those people's appreciation, I guess is what I'm saying, for your previous work. You're happy for them, but it's almost like you've moved on. And so, and so you want to acknowledge them for the, for, for like, do you know what I mean? Like people like will come up to you and be like, oh my God, Greg, I lost a fucking hunt everywhere we go. It's like, Greg, I lost a hundred pounds. Thank you so much. And of course you're super generous with them and you talk to them and you're cool with them. But then I also feel like you, this is an oversimplification, but then they took 10 minutes of your time that you could have been working on your new project. It, it, it's not like that, but I'm just trying to turn it into a math equation. Right. And so if you get a hundred people a day, thanking you and sending you emails, thanking you for saving their lives or saving their mom's lives you're kind of torn between addressing them and saying you're welcome and, and, and being focused on, on the sign that's behind you. Yeah. I'm not at all put off by, by people coming up to me. I appreciate it. And right. Their kindness and kind thoughts are, are a blessing without a doubt. Um, and yet I have moved on. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I don't spend any time kind of, you know, I went over to, uh, to my kid's house the other day to Blake's house and he had the games on and I was like, Oh shit, look at that. Blake's um, your oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know, I didn't know it was on and I enjoyed that. Uh, um, uh, you did enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Uh, Philip Kelly, uh, four ninety nine for tacos. Thank you, Philip. I love it. Uh, Thomas, uh, let's go. Welcome to the party. Uh, coach. Thank you. Wad, Wad Zombie, take my money. Okay, fine. I, I can do that. Um, Marco Calderon, and here it is. Look at uh, here it is right away. Uh, I switched my alcohol addiction for fitness. Uh, thank you, Greg. You're welcome, Marco. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good trade-off. Uh, Jake Chapman, do you think Greg knows what he means to us? No, I don't. I don't think anyone can know. I don't think people know that. Do you think you know, Greg? I don't. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's weird. Did you have anything like that in your life? Uh, like, like for, I mean, for, for, I, I, I'm not a religious man and I, I don't want to um, blasphemize Jesus, but for a lot of us, CrossFit was the come to Jesus moment, right? It's like, holy shit. Well, I think I, I think I mentioned on the show, this is, this is a stretch, but, um, you know, there was a kid in my neighborhood, four years older than myself, who was the best gymnast in the country. Oh, and uh, Steve. Yeah, and that wasn't it. It wasn't just that he was the best gymnast in the country, but that he was he was way younger than he ought to be, and he lived in my neighborhood and went to school where I went to school. And uh, that was uh that's like the kids next kid next door's Jesus. You think maybe you could be Jesus too. Right. I mean, it was a different kind of inspiration, but uh I've not uh, had a lot of uh, uh uh figures that I idolized. 
or, or, or how about anything where there was just a I, and I guess one of the monumental shifts in your life then the next biggest one would be just um uh transitioning out of CrossFit which is different than what I'm proposing but it is a, it is a big shift in in perspective right yeah it was different the very next day I mean the, I I did a lot of worrying and uh, a lot of that's gone. When you own, when you own the company, you did a lot of yeah, worrying. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss yeah. that worrying at all? Not, not even for a fucking second. <laughs> what did you tell me? Some of the things you worried about. Uh, you, Dave, Nicole. Your your workers, your coworkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the responsibility of making sure the paychecks kept coming in. You know, I don't care what the company is, Microsoft, Apple, uh, pick your pick your your uh, uh, exemplar of, of business and they have fluctuations and employees come and go. And I, I always found that personal and hard. And I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like the economic realities that required shifts. Um, Nobody does. Vindicate. Uh, I respect respect the roots. Thank you for coming on, Coach uh, Trevor uh, Pon Ponkinwinski. Uh, I'm a little behind, but Glassman sounds and looks great. Oh, thanks, guys. A thousand dollars from Corey. Oh no, that's not real money. Darn it. No, I'm not a flat earther. It, does does that subject bore you? Flat Earth talk. Ah. Uh... Well, it sure could. I don't. I don't. I don't indulge in much of it and endure much of it to say I could be bored by it. But right. oh yeah, I'd get I'd get tired of that quickly. There's um, there's a I can't I can't figure out how much of it's real or not, and my assessment is none. Oh, you mean even the poli- people who believe it, it's not real. It's like just yeah. More I of think a... it's a, I think it's an exercise in being uh, uh, obstinate. Oh. There's a guy coming on in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I had I had a flat earther guy on, and um, he he wasn't sold on it, but he wanted he he spent a lot of time exploring it. And then I have a guy coming on who's made two documentaries on it, and <laughs> I I I I personally enjoy the exercise of just asking questions and not pushing back with yeah. someone who's like that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, okay, I'm I'm. I don't need to beat you down. You're the one with the proposal. Let me hear that shit. I brought up, I brought up the stuff about CrossFit um, because I, I was I want to ask you this question, um, even though I'm guessing you haven't spent a lot of time with it because you've shifted. But if you were still running CrossFit during the pandemic, Do you have any thoughts on how how you would have handled it differently? And I'll give you an example of how I think the, a situation that kind of describes exactly how CrossFit handled it. Um, Eric Rosa was in charge at the time, and he was trying to go through Congress to get funds to uh, get money, I think, to the gyms. And uh, Craig Howard, who who you know, was running a gym here in the Bay Area, and he was breaking the laws and keeping his gym open. And he had started a GoFundMe page and was collecting money to pay the other gyms' fines in his area and his gym, right? He was trying to rate to do that. And, uh, and CrossFit HQ reached out to, um, Craig and said, Hey, if, um, 
you're the country manager and you're breaking the law by staying open and we can't have you do that because we're trying to generate, get money from the government. So what we need you to do is shut your gym down. And Craig said, no, I'm not going to do that. And they said, okay, well, then we're going to fire you as a country manager. And they also said to Craig, by the way, we'll give you money to stay open. And he said, will you give all the gyms money to stay open? And they go, no, just you. He said, okay, well, then I'm not going to do it. Or not, sorry, not to stay open. We'll give you money to close down. Sorry. We'll give you money to close down. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that unless you're going to give all the gyms money to close down. And so he went on. And he, that model doesn't scale. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, so he stayed open and he lost his job as country manager. And he was able to continue to raise money to pay for gyms in the area to pay for their fines for staying open. And I just, when I heard that story, I was thinking, fuck, I, here's what I thought you were going to do. I thought you were going to just fucking, um, at all, by any means necessary, uh, support the affiliates, even if that meant decimating the staff at HQ. I was like, oh shit, Greg's going to fucking batten down the hatches and fucking make it and keep, do everything in his power to keep the affiliates open, go to war with lawyers, reduce all costs everywhere, stop collecting uh, affiliate fees. I thought you were going to go just full fucking. Okay. I'm hearing a conflation of what Eric did, what Rosa did and what we were contemplating while I was at the helm. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, two, two parallels. Uh, one was what Rosa tried to do, and it didn't, I don't think it worked. And the other is my speculation on what you were going to do and started doing, and then, you, and then the company was sold. Well, what we did was uh, I realized that, that affiliates globally were unable to legally train people. And so I hit up Kathy in the affiliate team. And I said, we're not going to take money from people that can't legally run gyms. What okay. will happen is when this ends, they'll they'll be in debt to us. And the enterprise is tough enough as it is, doesn't need that anchor of debt to the mothership attached to it when this ends. And so we voluntarily um, declined revenue uh the the, the the voluntary decline and the natural uh, reduction in flow and that was seminar purchases um, we incurred about a 90 percent reduction in revenue in a in a couple of weeks time and I adjusted expenditures to match that to keep the to keep the thing afloat and that looked like across the cut across the board significant cuts in in uh, in uh, salaries and uh, uh, laying off of people that were considered uh, less than essential in an in a environment that looked like the one we were facing. I forgot and that we did. We all took a 30% pay cut. I forgot about that. Was, yeah, was, some of us took more than that. Yeah. Um, the, to, some of the top people, it was closer to half. Uh, and uh, it worked. Um, to our surprise, the revenue returned um, prematurely, it seemed, what had happened prematurely. We were expecting a long, long haul. And within within 90 days, we were at 65, 75% of what we had been, even while the gyms were still closed in a rate of 85 to 90%. And so that was, that was somewhat miraculous, it felt to me. And what had happened was the membership didn't want the affiliates to go under when the eclipse ended and so they kept paying and enough affiliates felt uh 
that they didn't want to be behind on fees. And so they sent them in voluntarily on top of our uh, word that we weren't going to take money from people that were locked out. And it, it, it was, it was a remarkable period. It was a, it was a uh, strong quarter for, for CrossFit Inc. Oddly enough, didn't expect anything like that. And you would have, would have just continued down that same path. I was doing. ready to, I was ready to run the company with the six or seven of us all living in Santa Cruz. Uh, Scott Schweitzer, uh, I'm no longer a diabetic because of Greg. Thank you so much. Scott, that makes my morning. Uh, Sleeky, uh, CrossFit would still be a legit successful company with people who loved working there had Greg been around uh, through COVID. I, I, I think, I'm guessing, though, you would have probably gotten into some nasty fights with the, with the government. I'm guessing without, you would have gotten without, and, and, uh, and some of our own affiliates, without a doubt. And it's because you felt like it was a lie and a direct attack on everything we know to be true. Have, basically, basically, the lecture you gave, the five buckets of death lecture. I was hugely suspicious of the COVID rate of detection, standards for diagnosis, um, definition of, of, uh, of the disease itself, discussion around its origins. It all seemed uh, beyond odd to me. I smelled a rat from the beginning. You did starting with the metrics, starting with the metrics, you got an unreliable test that can be spun out to give you any results you want. And in numbers so low against a background of a very similar disease in symptoms, you have this wide, I mean, in a period where you can't tell me whether the flu deaths are between 22 and 64,000, they were telling me about how many thousand people died of COVID in the past week. And that seemed rather odd to me. How, how are you exactly doing that? It turned out they weren't. And you did this video here, the five buckets of death at uh, CrossFit HQ. I, I, I don't see a date on here. Am I, do I, I, think it was, I think it was March of 20. Right. Okay. So we're a couple, we're three months in to, to the... I don't know what you want to call it to the insanity. And you made this video and, and, and what are the, this five buckets of death? Um, did this just come to you? Well, it's funny. Six years earlier, you look, there's a video here. We have the answer chronic disease, right? So if you watch this video, it's kind of, it's kind of a piece of this one. We've, we've been sitting with a vast population of people chronically diseased that would not have been alive 10 years prior and this has been going on for 10 or 15 years maybe 20 that wouldn't have been alive 10 years earlier were it not for modern intervention and so the miracle of modern medicine i used to talk about this in the seminars my worry is that one day life expectancy would be 150 but you'd go to the nursing home at 50 and spend 100 years watching fucking Oprah and eating green jello off a white plastic spoon. And uh, we're making good on that. And so COVID comes along and, uh, and it was the open window that blew out some candles, but there were a whole lot of people that were clinging to life by the most tenuous of threads and their loss is always a loss. But uh, that loss is a chronic disease loss as much as it is a COVID loss.
What's the life expectancy of people in nursing homes in the U.S.? I don't know, it's, but you have 13 six months. Six months. Okay. Six oh, once months. you go in. Okay. Once you go in, six months. Yeah. And so we had inordinate losses there, and now it's turning out that that uh, some unknown, perhaps very large percentage of those deaths was due to bacterial infection not treated properly with antibiotics because it wasn't consistent with the COVID protocol. I can pull that up for you if you want. But uh, none of this is, is a surprise to people who had already engaged the public health and the government position on chronic disease. And so we talk about those mesperts, the people that, that we had come through and come to Santa Cruz and talk from Glenn Begley of, uh, of Begley and Ellis fame on the uh, uh, oncology, hematology, replication issue. Um, we had Thomas Seafried. We had uh, Zoe Harcom uh, list. There's, I'm not going to name 50 names here and, and leave some off that I shouldn't have. But each of these people were significant in it. They had found a profound, even essential truth, whether it was around metabolism or, or, or uh, chronic disease, in disparate areas, each had come up with something that was important, yet, yet uh, uh, counter to the mainstream opinion. And so they were smarter than everyone else and brave enough to say something about it. And this COVID thing comes down the pike and uh, it, 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 surprise, surprise, we all had the same take on it. And, and, and some of those people have been kicked off of Wikipedia. They were before this. The censorship didn't start here. I had a Seem Malhotra, Zoe uh, Harcomb, and uh, Malcolm Kendrick were delisted from uh, Wikipedia just as before we got off of Facebook and other social media. Um, where social media was playing out in public health, in chronic disease, the treatment of, uh, of uh, Tim Noakes and Zoe and Asim, uh, the writing was on the wall before COVID. And I had begun my retreat from social media then. And uh, since then, I think all of my, the worst of my fears have been borne out on a time scale of uh, 30 months where I thought it was going to take 20 years. Oh, shit. I don't like hearing that. D uh, hey, you know what? I'm liking this Zuckerberg guy. I keep hearing him wanting to be so frank and so straightforward and he he can't the people his his uh his his minders his tenders in congress and the senate and the politics won't let him tell me what do you mean by that give me an example of that it's clear he doesn't want the responsibility <laughs> of being the judge it's clear that he feels bad about censoring things that were true he's not going to deny what the what the left is trying to deny and that is that they were pressured to shut down some truths. That's the bottom line. They were forced by government to deny the truth to the American people about this disease. Did you show me that video of Jimmy Kimball sitting down with um, Jimmy Kimmel sitting down with um, Bill Maher? Probably not. I don't think so. 
Bill, Bill Maurer basically went on his show recently and just called him out. He said, hey, this this whole thing, uh, you know, it, it was 1% of the people who got COVID went to the hospital and the Democrats thought it was 50%. And it, it, it's because of people like you. I and heard Kimmel, that. It was funny. Yeah. And Kimmel was just silent, right? Um, Dog Dad Baby CrossFit, uh, CrossFit Fairway Park. Thank you, Greg, for giving me a chance to own my business. California threw me away after my felony, but you said I'll give you a chance. Uh, forever grateful. You're very welcome. Welcome back. Um, uh, Seema Pussy. Fantastic name. Uh, did did Greg meet any government leaders like Gavin Newsom or any uh, bigwigs? We went Rand Paul together. This guy, Scott Weiner, who's trying to take Nancy Pelosi's seat, you and I went and met with him in a cafeteria in San Francisco. I remember that. Uh, he, he is now a very scary man. He, he's basically trying to pass a law in California now that if you don't um, if you don't acknowledge and take steps to uh, help your child with their transgender affirming surgery, that your child can be taken away from you. Yeah, it's gender affirming health care. Yeah, if you don't if you don't acknowledge your child's gender affirming health care, that's child abuse. Come that's up with something more Orwellian. I challenge anyone out there. Something more Orwellian than than uh, gender affirming health care. So in a nutshell, if your child, if your twelve year old child wants to chop off their penis because they heard someone else at school saying it was a good idea, and then you don't take the steps to help your child deal with that issue or, or move forward on the of getting it chopped off, the state can come in and take your child away. I, th I think it's that. It's kind of like that. Not kind of. I think that's what he's trying to pass here in California. At that point, right. do I have to leave California because my neighbor can just call and make that up? We know of we know of uh, we, we have personal uh, we're friends with someone who's endured this exact thing in the state of Washington, and I'm not going to tell their story that family story, but it is worst case scenario kind of thing. Uh, well, Greg, and the, and was... the outcome the outcome was this the <clears throat> the the child that was thought in in uh washington that uh transition was the key to life now looks back and wonders what the fuck that was about three years later oh the child is already wow yeah like it did nothing happen but they left and the state of washington had exceptions to the to the leave thought it was leaving to deny health care and started grinding the organs of uh, justice and it never went anywhere but because uh, they escaped and found refuge in a state that would have none of that and now uh, the kids like hey thanks that was crazy huh <laughs> and, and is that parent a, a wanted fugitive in the state of washington no but it got close yeah those chains were being rattled Um, Greg, uh, Wad Zombie, Greg was suspicious and Rosa was double masked. Leadership matters. 
Oh, so he's saying you were suspicious of the orders coming from the government and the uh, CEO was wearing two masks. That is true. He, he was. I remember in the Zoom calls before my departure explaining that I, man, I'll do this once. You get one, one uh, quarantine in a lifetime for me. Oh, I remember uh, you saying that. I remember you saying yeah, that, yeah. yeah. The, uh, enduring, the enduring potential of it was was abundantly clear from the beginning. And I'll tell you again, once you've, once you've pulled that trick off, you got everyone to drop their drawers, bend over and grab their ankles, which is what the whole mask thing is, you'll do it again. That'll be irresistible. You, you, do you think that shit was worse in the countries that didn't have guns? Do you think the fact that we have guns helped us tremendously in that? Like the shit you heard in Australia where they were just – they they built camps and the people were going in them. I mean you saw our own games athletes being put up in hotels with fucking chain link fences around them double double stacked. Do, do you think the fact that we have more guns in this country than probably all the other countries combined was the fact that they could do less to us? Think that played any role? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not the prepper that uh, some of my friends and family are. Like doomsday prepper. Like you don't have a bunch of rice stored and yeah, yeah, three million gallons of water somewhere. Yeah. Are you gonna get chickens? It seems like a smart thing to do. I want you to get them so I can go up to your because I know you're hardly ever home and I want to get the eggs. You want to take care of them? <laughs> yeah, I'll send my nephew over there to take care of them. I'd do that. Uh, people like Greg are going to become more and more rare in America, genuine visionaries who can make something from nothing. Uh, scary times ahead. Are you? Do you, do you think that there's scary times ahead? Or it's just this is just some cyclical shit? I think if you're scared right now, you're not paying close enough attention. If you are scared right now or if you're not? If you're not. If oh. you're not. Matt Schindeldecker, I used the five buckets of death video to reopen CrossFit Crave early with approval from our county health department. Oh, yeah, I remember that. This dude showed his county health department the five buckets of death, and uh, they let him open up his gym again. That's fucking sweet, huh? It's great. Hi, Matt. How are you? Uh, by by the way, that's just proof. By the way, of what's going, how valuable uh, media is, and th and that's kind of you know the, the mothership. Unfortunately, um, without the creator there, the mothership won't be um, making content like that ever again. Never again. That that's a value that will forever be gone from the um, forever be gone from the affiliates. Um. Extra sloppy. Does Greg have an opinion about the Mises caucus taking over the Libertarian Party this year? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Do you know what that is? I can imagine. Uh, Let me see yeah, and, and what's the worry? I mean, Libertarians have been <clears throat> marginalized to the point, it seems to me, that they're, uh, the mainstream view is that they're uh, – they're uh, uh, January Sixers or something. Um, I think they got put on a terrorist watch list, didn't we? Uh, who? Uh, libertarians? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're along with parents that are dissenting at school board meetings. I think they get an automatic put on a suspicious group list or some damn thing. 
Uh, the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus is a caucus within the United States Libertarian Party that promotes paleo-libertarianism and is more radical version of the libertarianism. Radical. Associated with the presidential campaigns of Ron Paul, it was founded in 2017 by Michael Heiss, mainly in opposition to Nicholas Sarwak's position as party chairman. Okay, so they already have libertarians as being some sort of radical group. It's an internecine deal. You've got uh, one faction of libertarians <laughs> at war with another. How many times have we seen that kind of nonsense within within our within the low carb camp? I always bothered me that some of those that I have high held in highest regard would take after one another rather than recognize their similarities right uh before you came on the show this morning i was show i was uh showing a video of why you shouldn't resist arrest and that i believe we have a social contract with police and that you should if you're if you're resisting arrest you're like part of the problem and some people are here is like hey dude like you can't give that much authority to to the police and so it's things like this. This is a pushback on what I said earlier. This is say, think think about this. A neighbor says, Sevan's kid told me he's a girl. Then you say no. Neighbor calls the heroic cops you love and your kids are gone. Simple as that. Do you have any? I, mean, I, 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 had showed, I showed a video of two cops basically trying to restrain a man in the middle of a street. And there were probably a few thousand people around him. And the car started zooming by the cops trying to, like, threaten the cops. So the cops had to let the, the bad guy go and let him run. And the cops had to flee for their lives. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit that we're doing this to cops. We, we, we have a social contract with people the same way we have with the, with the police, the same way we have with the fire department, right? They turn on the lights and we all pull over to the right so that the truck can get to someone's house and save them. That's the, that's the rules. And the same thing with the cops, right? When they stop you and they want to arrest you or they want to question you, we have a social contract with them to obey. They're the guys we've anointed with guns to protect us for our safety. Do you, do you have any do you have any thoughts on on the on the police? Yeah, um, I think there's. Look, I agree with what you're saying, and I think there's a practical reasons for uh, not resisting. Practical, meaning not get shot by a guy with a gun. Right, right. Beaten to death or choked down or suffocated. Or I think you, you'd have better odds doing something else. Uh, Magnus Holmgren. I mean, how, listen, how, how effective has barricading yourself in the house been against arrest? Zero. Yeah, that's how, that's how I see it. Although that might be changing. That should be everyone's worry. That might be changing. You know, they're trying to pass that law also in California where, um, and I think to, in order, well, I, I want to get to that in a second. Hold on. Uh, Magnus from um, Holmgren, Holmgren from Mexico. Uh, besides Greg, who is the goat of CrossFit? There, there isn't one. Is that supposed to be a question? The affiliate owners. Yeah. Uh, Anita Dick and me, what is Greg's take on Sevy being a black man? I don't think he knows. I haven't told him. I haven't told Greg that part yet. <laughs> I like Slow the name, down. though. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's a good dude. She's a, uh, 
She's a, she's a frequent listener. I want to show you. Uh, you're familiar with Peter Bogosian. I think he was the um, Columbia University ethics professor who got fired because he wouldn't take the uh, the injection. When I show you a picture of him, I think you'll I think you'll um, you'll know him. I want to play you this uh, this this clip and see if you can see it. This is the this is the first two people I told you there would be first. This is the first time I've shown a clip to Greg on the show. Uh, to get his feedback. I think this will be very, uh, this, this stimulated me. I think Greg's going to love this. And Greg, let me know if you can hear this right off the bat. Okay, here we go. Figure out why society has been consumed by madness. This is what you have to know. Every woke word has two meanings. It has, it's called a mot and a bailey. The mot is the castle. It's, it's, it's a very easy to defend. The, um, the bailey is very difficult to defend. So let's take the word um, inclusion. So if I say to an, a person who's not been indoctrinated into the ideology, if I say to them, what does inclusion mean? What would they say? They would say that people are, are t- taking part in an, yeah. in an activity together. Yeah. Black people, fat people, yeah. short people, people in wheelchairs. Every sane person would want inclusion. Nobody, every sane person would want that, right? Yeah. That's the mot. You want people to be included, right? I want people to be included. But, you know, um, well, to be included, that means that people feel welcome, right? Right. I mean, that's what inclusion means, that they feel welcome in a space. they yeah. But, you know, if somebody were to say something that would make someone feel unwelcome, then they wouldn't feel included. Oh, OK, you ready? Ready? Yeah. OK. So to have an inclusive space, we need to restrict speech. That's the Bailey. That's what goes in public policy documents. Mm-hmm. The Bailey. If you want to figure out why society has been consumed by madness. That, I mean, that explains it, right? That's basically what that's basically what's happened. That, that's. That's the that's the confusion. We're saying we that's in the law that they're trying to pass in California is to reduce violence. We're going to make it illegal to stop anyone from stealing. And so and so the word right and and so there's kind of to me I always think of it as a bait and switch, but they're calling it this Mott and Bailey fallacy. To make safe spaces safe for everyone, we're going to have to not allow certain people in there who think a certain way. And there's a chunk of the public who's just fucking buying this shit, fucking hook, line, and sinker. Had you heard of that Mott Bailey fallacy before? No, and I looked it up while he was talking. Oh. It's something I'd like to look at more. He's cool, right? Bogosian? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's intriguing. Yeah. He's got this whole um, a series on YouTube of like defining woke words. Maybe you even showed that to me. Does that yeah, sound familiar? familiar? It does. It does. It's not hard to do. It's 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 wildly Orwellian. Where the words not only don't mean what you think they mean, they can come to mean something very ob- very 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 different. So gender affirming healthcare can be sex denying mutilation. I mean, you couldn't give it a better name. Right. Couldn't give it a better name. And I wonder who does that. Are those true believers? Because it's more talented in its horribleness than it is honest. And I wonder, I wonder if someone that doesn't make these things up doesn't get a big laugh out of it. 
God damn. I I think that you they know don't... The, look the bus we're on and it's mm-hmm. the it's the lefty bus. We all got on the lefty bus and and you can all along the way wonder about things, you know, the resistance to school choice and and uh all of the it takes a village to raise a child kinds of issues and things from rent control to to uh, mandatory recycling and the climate concerns and 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 uh, uh, public health and the and the and the, the response to chronic disease and all this, all these issues, and you quite naturally wonder where this is all taking us and why we're doing this and what this is about. Um, maybe not convinced of all of it, but where do we end up? Where are we at now? And it's mom has a dick and dad has two in his mouth. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird place. So you back up and look at all of it. Um, political correctness was a, was a necessary step for the patently absurd, obviously false, becoming a new reality. It was the halfway point. So you tell kids there's no difference between men and women and, you know, we, Anyone who's honest or with half a brain chuckles and you learn to repeat it. You don't want to make waves. And uh, and so you sit silent on that. Like, okay, there's no difference between men and women. Fine, I got it. That's what I have to say to, to get the job. Um, to be acceptable, to be approved, to be in the in crowd. And then when a 50-year-old guy with a, with a penal track record is following my daughter into the bathroom. I don't have, I don't have an argument anymore. You know, it's no difference between men and women becomes the refrain. And it, it's absurd. It's absurd. We're living our, we're living our political correct nightmare right now. Oh, and shit. So, wow. Am I afraid? Am I afraid of what, of this? We're there. We're there. We now have gender affirming health care for kids where it's none of your business. Oh shit. Amazing. Yeah. So it's not happening. We're already there. Yeah. It's, I'm reminded of the, of the uh, Hemingway line. And since hearing it, I think of it probably daily and it's how, you know, he was asked how he went broke. I think it was someone will correct me. And he said, uh, gradually. And then suddenly, (laughs) <laughs> uh, you have to laugh at that right talk about a wordsmith that's where we're at this happened gradually and then suddenly uh what uh, heidi Krum? what each generation allows the next generation embraces yeah yeah heidi it is like that isn't it you know my dad used to say the discussion was when I was in middle school, there was uh, you weren't allowed Beatles haircuts and you couldn't have uh, skirts, couldn't be certain height above the knee. And this was these things were measured and kids got sent home. I remember when Jenny Saylor got sent home. We all know. Oh, my God. Look at Jenny. She's probably gonna get home, sent home today. And uh, kids would. And my father's line was that wherever you draw the line you're going to have battles there and so if you draw it it's somewhere that seems to have no great importance at say 
mores or manners or customs. And then you have these concentric circles that go out to, to uh, you know, depending which way you want to run in or out, but you have felonies and misdemeanors and school shootings. But uh, if the if the issue is the hair length and the skirt length, that's what you'd be checking at the school. If everything's okay except bringing a gun, you're going to be there with metal detectors. And he thought it would be better to have the have the issue down at hair length and skirt length, where there was a certain arbitrary quality, than to remove the stops all the way up to the point of bringing a gun to school. And I'll tell you, as a child that took advantage of every single possible opportunity given me to do things my way, I get that exactly. If I could have gotten away with bringing a gun to school, I would have. It was obvious where that end would have ended up, though. You explained this to me before. I remember we were talking about address codes and about like, hey, draw the line at like it has to be dark blue cords so that you're fighting with the kids who wear black cords or the, the skirt has to be just below the knee. So then you're fighting with kids with it just being at the knee and make that battle there. And that was fucking hugely enlightening for me when you t when you told me that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly where you want to have the battle, not at the metal detectors. We tell people to choose your battles, and it often they move the other direction, right? Move towards a greater conflict. Another I thing, for, I, I'm just going to offer this because it was, it's kind of bizarre, but I was reminded of it. But it's like in anger management, um, my anger didn't become manageable until I started expressing it early. Can you give me an example of that? What that looks you know, like? Just like, hey, I'm I'm getting pissed off. I thought I'd let you know. To oh, give someone that oh. benefit. By the way, now I'm getting mad. I would, I would, uh, prior to that strategy, would swallow it and keep it so you couldn't tell. And that never worked out for me. How old were you or, when you figured that out? Else. Oh, teenager. That must have been huge. No, it was huge for me. Huge for me. Kind of makes you the dick, right? It's like I'm there. Hey, by the way, I'm pissed off. Just so everyone knows. Uh, uh, Eat Eaton Beaver, uh, an another great Look at name. The names of these guys. This is something <laughs> <Right>? else. <laughs> We've only begun. Uh, Greg in person. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a wildly uh, creative uh, crowd. The the screen that you see, you can't see the comments, right? No, I, yeah, I do. I see little bits of them, little pieces of them. Okay. Uh, uh, Sean uh, Sullivan, it's not hard. Uh, the people pushing the transgender ideology just want to diddle the kids. I don't think so. I think that there's a lot of people who are um, uh, think that they're being do-gooders. And I say that, Greg, because I used to be one of those people. Oh, just accept them. Oh, just love them. Oh, it's fine. I'm uh, increasingly sympathetic to those that think that it's all just Marxism. Right. And uh, unrestricted warfare really supports that view. And to think that that was actually a, a working bit of agitprop coming from the PRC and not a an interpret American's interpretation of things, but I highly recommend that, by the way. But the uh, uh, 
the breadth and the scope of the issues that are brought up by these uh, Red Army captains uh, is striking. And it's, a, it's across a wide range of, of areas. I agree. The same people who thought masks and injections uh, were to save others. Um, Greg, it's like this. When I was in college, we had this thing called – when I was in college – we had this thing called affirmative action. And really what it was, right? No one ever said it. It's like, hey, we need to take people based on the color of their skin and reward them, but also um, uh, punish people who, because because if you let in some people, some people can't come in, right? So you have to – if you want to be honest about the whole thing, and we want to punish other people for the color of their skin, right? So we only have 10 people who can get in. Uh, let's say it's the 10 yellow uh, kids who get in, but we need some white kids and black kids. So we let three white kids in and three black kids in. Now the four of the yellow kids have been – or six of the yellow kids have been punished, right? And that's never explained to you, and there's a group of us who are just asleep at the wheel who just think – we just call it affirmative action. We never translate it. You know what I mean? Like somehow you like we're asleep see, or we're bored by the details. You can see racism is, is, is wrong or you can see it as, as a knob of political control that needs to be turned and can be turned one way or the other to, to, to suit your aims. Yeah. And so what you have is racism to fix racism. Right. And, uh, the Asian and, kids and the are, winners are racist. And the winner in that the war Asian kids are too smart, and so we need to hold them back mm-hmm. in the name of racial equality. And indeed, that happened, is happening, will continue to happen. And uh, when they squeal about it, and they have to some extent, that's considered racist. I mean, did you talk to Aaron Ginn about this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fiona, diabetes, can you recommend a treatment, please? My girl has given the word from the doc. I, I'm assuming Boy, you that's, type. A, that's a dangerous right there. No, we probably don't give any kind of medical recommendations <laughs> uh, of any sort to anyone ever. <laughs> Sammy, you know the story about you the guys, guy by that... the way, just got a tremendous insight into how Greg's brain works. I'm not going to say anything more, but you just saw something uh, that if you worked at HQ and you got to work with Greg, you got to see that what he just did right there. That was some magic right there. Go ahead. Sorry, Greg. Yeah, don't step in that. It's like the t- it's a that's the same guy that set up Tim Noakes, right? Yeah, what did she like, say? Just, to take, him? just take the kid off the tit and put him on the the, the beef, you know. And millions of dollars later, well, it turns out he's right, but ouch. Um, yeah. Uh, if your daughter, um, daughter recently diagnosed with diabetes, sounds like type 1 diabetes. Oh, not type 2? Yeah, it's what I'm hearing. Whole different beast. There was a sort of a simple formula, by the way, not answering that question, but... In regards to, um, I wish I could remember how you said it. Um, but in regards to insulin, that basically the more the more the more insulin your body produces, the shorter your life's going to be. Right? You want it? You want that shit just to be regulated, and you you don't want to be you want to inject as little as, into you as you can, and have your body produce as little as it can. Is it was that the, the 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 oversimplification of the algebra equation? Yeah. If you're making your own insulin, you want to have to make as little as possible. Okay. If you're having to inject insulin, you want to have to inject as little as possible. 
you can become a type 1 diabetes diabetic with type 2 diabetes. You can be a 1 and 2. In, in that five running down to running down to 31 flavors and then injecting your way home. <laughs> right. Dude, uh, I had a client, I had a client that would uh uh do something fundamentally like that. Crazy behavior. Are you talking about like eating a dozen donuts and then get on the rower? Or even a gallon of chocolate ice cream, throw the spoon away in the dumpster behind the Safeway, drive home, do a blood sugar test, and and every 2,000 meters, check it until it was under 200 or some fucking... I, I approve of that behavior. <laughs> That's blood, it's blood glucose control right there. Uh, in, in the five buckets of death, you, you five buckets of death video. You say a line. You can um be behaviorally cure yourself, or you can be medically babysat. Something like that. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, uh, you know, sustainability line. in the in the medical world um, is enormous profitability in in uh, in teaching people to live with illness. And diabetes, obesity, and the sequela downstream of that are uh, perfect candidates. Blah blah blah. Like I, you know, the the message of of carbohydrate toxicity should be so ingrained into us at this point that everyone's just rolling their eyes and bored with it. But from the outside looking with barely any interest there's a resurgence to the whole uh energy balance and fat intake and the whole thing here it is again bigger than ever yeah i keep seeing the um i keep seeing the energy balance stuff coming back too i keep seeing it coming back hey um greg someone had a question oh Okay. Uh, so two two things. Uh, someone had a question. Uh, have you met Don Fall? You have met Don. He came out to yeah, the yeah. Um, I knew Don before he took the position. Small world. We had uh, Marine friends as friends, and had by coincidence had a dinner with him in Palo Alto with uh, Mr. Castro and some of our friends, where Don was attendance a couple of months before he called me to tell me he was taking the job. You had had dinner with him? Yeah. And did you get a chance to talk to him then? I did. Anything memorable? No. I mean, you know, it was it was pleasant. I've met Don on other occasions. I, I know him and like him. He's got a he's got a he's got a tough job. It's a tough that's a tough position. I have a pretty good sense of, of what he's up against. Hey. He's he's taking a he's taking a a mass movement that was bundled as a business to, if for no other reason than to sustain its efforts. And now it's got to be run uh, by uh, uh, Harvard MBAs that are talking Q1, Q2, Q3 return. And I don't know how the hell you do that. It's not an enviable task. How about this too? I know this is a, a bit of a stretch. You're not going to like this, but I'm going to do it to you anyway. How about how about the fact that this? So, 
how how that company ran so much on one-liners that if you don't um, uh, change your behavior, you're going to be you, – you, you can change your behaviors or you can be medically babysat. Uh, we have the cure for the world's most vexing problem. Uh, constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity. Uh, fitness in 100 words. There were all of these things that you were doing that you're not there now, and so they've just come to a halt. And And really no one can do them. And I hate to compare it to what the church has done. But the church is the same way, right? They had their they had their God, and then their God sent their son down as their as their kind of their spokesperson, and then he got fucking jacked up on the cross, and then he's toast. And they're they're basically now they have just this book that that dictates um, their journey. And how, how how in in all can you say with honesty? I think that I, I personally think they're fucked without you. And, and by and, and by no means do I think you would ever go back, but even if someone gave even if someone gave you the company, and I wouldn't ask you that question because it's so preposterous. But how how can they have someone? Doesn't that doesn't this movement need someone like that, who's just just right up against the the edge of uh, where uh, medicine and health meet, and just be pushing like we have the cure, we have the cure, we have the cure. Isn't that what this isn't? I mean, that's what you did for fifteen years. I was there. I didn't see the affiliates as a, uh, a point of sale for for the mothership, and there was never anyone that came around from venture capital, from big business, from successful business, from business media, from business education that didn't see things that way. What do you mean by, by point of and, sale? Can you can you give us explain that? Yeah, like wanting you to sell fucking tennis shoes or uh, uh, magic water. Okay, uh, so that's why people like FitAid who got into several thousand affiliates, they had to do it on their own. You let the trends yeah. ebb and flow. HQ didn't dictate what what that trend was. Correct. And and try you didn't try to monetize the affiliates other than the, the affiliate fee. It was my recommendation that they not have a display case full of shit you could buy. And I guess you monetized it with the game, so to speak, but you, with the open. The open was something you sold the affiliates if we, if we want to be just completely um, raw, right? You can buy these five workouts and put them into this computer and get ranked with the other dudes for 20 bucks. I'm trying to think if there's anything ever else you ever sold to the affiliates. You, you were... You were... <laughs> making me uncomfortable just minutes ago with Christ-like references. And I wanted to say that I saw myself more as Dr. Frankenstein. Than, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Dr. Than, Frankenstein is fine. fine. Then not. And that I fine. got was, I was eaten by my monster and that monster would be the games and the games morons. Um, fine. fine. You know, and it's, and I, and I had the, I had the big idea of anything that you can metric so precisely you can compete and a sport was born. Um, but uh, some of the things we did, like the uh, uh, of gathering in Whistler for 10-year affiliates was inspired by the endless stream of, of uh, long-term affiliates waiting in line to talk to me at the games to let me know that, that what happens in their box is fundamentally irrelevant to the spectacle that is the games. And you might recall me telling you and everyone around me that the worst thing about that is that these fuckers don't know that I don't know. 
because I knew damn well that it had nothing to do with it. Right. It, but it was a thing of my creation and my feeding. Well, it, from the earliest days, even before the games, right, when you had Greg Amundsen and Josh Everett and you put them on the web racing against each other, there it is, right? That's the men will die for points, the whole. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned we tried to offload the games and no business was interested in it. No one's smart enough to have the money to afford the the entity um, would be willing absent getting affiliates and uh, seminars. And the reason for that is that uh, to a to a non fanboy outside uh, rational business uh, examination of the CrossFit business entity, the games looks like swallowing a hand grenade. Like it's like the worst fucking idea ever. You, like, like it's not sustainable. Like it injected you with um, uh, growth, but but not sustainable. It was taking a rapidly growing chunk of it. Look, we had one of the fastest growing businesses in world history that created an entertainment division that was growing faster than it was, and dramatically so. And its consumption of dollars and attention span um, was always far greater than what we realized or could control. And its return was nothing. And so if you have a handsomely profitable, rapidly growing business that has a sideshow that's growing even more rapidly and breaking even, that ends, that ends in, in heat death. That's a, that's, that's, that's a, a physical, mathematical, economic failure over time. And, and to the affiliates that say, to the people that say, no, it actually did have a benefit to the affiliates, people would see the games on ESPN and, and I rush had, into the I game. had all of my media that made the, the, that were living off of the games and living nicely, um, working without discipline of, of oversight, were sure that it was growing the, the affiliates. Right. Not once did someone stand in line to tell me as an affiliate, man, these games are the whole fucking ball of wax right here. Right. They wouldn't stand in line to tell me that. And my own experiences standing flat footed on the gym for 20 years floor told me they were exactly correct. Of course they were. Of course they were. It's about the Mary Conovers, not the Greg Amundsen's. Greg Amundsen knew that. Although, although, uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but for those specific yeah. examples, I just want to say what this. You're going to say Greg Amundsen got the shit beat out of him uh, as a cop and CrossFit uh, was a huge part of saving his life too. It just, he just happens to have the most amazing body and discipline nearly every CrossFitter alive. I, I, I hold him in the highest regard, right? There was an important, an important role for him in the gym, even in our community. You know, your best guy is always your best guy. That's a great thing. Um, it's not what the business revolves around. Go in any box and ask him, who's your best athlete here? And, you know, top scores. And it's not the person most talked about in the gym. It's not in any ways, except, you know, it, it depends on where you land, right? Depends on where you land. Uh, Greg, Greg, you're not, you would say you're not a Christian? Yeah, I'd probably say that. 
Okay. And, um, and yet, um, for some reason, I've never heard you talk badly or you don't, you don't push back on Christians. And I think you would argue that, um, uh, Greg, Greg Amundsen was one of the best clients you ever had, a most valuable MVP in the gym. And that probably a lot of that stems from the fact that he's a devout Christian. And you've kind of, you taught me that like, Hey, just because you're not one, you don't have to fight against it. You can see the value of that community. Yeah, like Frederick Hayek, everything I hold in value and esteem seems to be found exclusively in Judeo-Christian uh, 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 environments, communities. And he was—he wasn't a Christian either. Hayek wasn't. No, he was—he was an atheist. And he, and, and yeah, that's profoundly cool. I love that profoundly defensive of religious people of Jews and Christians. Um, uh, Seema pussy. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, by the, by that logic, are games athletes burning through their insulin too quickly because they have to supplement with so many carbs? Yes. And you could, you I, see. I, yes, I suspect so. Um, the problem is in the, is is not just in the storage associated with the carbohydrate, but it's the burning of it. And uh, I would think that uh, high, high consumption of carbohydrate, um, even with a high percentage of it burned, I've still got the oxidative stress that's, uh, that's key to so much of the problem. It's long, long, long been my way, my thought. And then David Weed responds, uh, Pussy, uh, that's an Indian name, by the way, Greg. Uh, I'll bet. From the Western province, um, just south of Mumbai. Uh, Pussy, you need carbs uh, to perform. Not spelling, though. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy uh, deserves it. This guy just ass pounds me in the comments. Go, You can give it to this guy, David. He's a good dude. He likes to be slapped around. He likes a good fight. I think this is a mill guy who's run to Europe uh, because he did something illegal. I, that's the story I've made up in my head. I have no proof of that. Okay. Uh, but do you, but 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 they also need the carbs, right, Greg? Like they like there is value to supercharging their performance, maybe by shaving, getting an extra second or two on their fran time, uh, by uh, throwing a, a, a donut down the gullet. Yeah, yeah. You know who knows and who cares? But listen, <clears throat> okay. listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I watched these fucking guys. There was a year you couldn't. Your you son couldn't, Blake cares. Your son Blake cares. You couldn't win shit without compression fabric, right? Okay. And then there was everyone in the fucking ice bath, like morons. And the next year, it's the fucking tape. They're putting tape all over themselves. Remember? Remember the tape? Is that mm -hmm. a, that's not a mm -hmm. sponsor? Is it? No. Kinetic no. tape. Let's make no. it a company. My, hey, my sponsors are a company called California Hormones, and you've always acknowledged that um, uh, steroids would uh, help your performance. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you being kind to my sponsor. Um, right? Do you remember? Do you remember these fads? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the 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 tape. They would come out with all the tape on them. Um, I, I forget what it's called. And I remember the. I remember Austin Maliolo coming out head to toe, like even his eyeballs had uh, compression oh, uh, spandex on them. You tape your ears to your <clears throat> traps, and something fantastic <laughs> right. happens when you go overhead. Right. Uh they got lucky socks and shit. 
fuck these people as a cohort for anything. They're outliers. Um, they're they're not that interesting from a, you know, remember how excited we were when Pepperdine got hold of the games athletes and you know, let us know what was so special about them and they came back and said they were really fucking fit. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks. That's <laughs> And same with that, the IMG Academy. They're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, right. We got we got similar insights from the Air Force, too, after a thorough examination man, of the... Man, of these the, guys really have good oxygen levels. Uh, Eric, Eric Weiss, tell, Sevon tells of his origin story working for CrossFit. At what point did Greg know that Sevon was worth investing your time in? I will tell you a story real quick, and Greg... <laughs> I had been working for CrossFit for about a year. I'd been to Greg's house uh, and had a long, you know, two-day meeting once. And then other than that, I just put my head down and worked. And that was probably for about a year. And then there was a meeting in Arizona that I went out to. And at the time, there were less than 10 employees. Dave was deployed. And we were in a meeting with all the employees at CrossFit HQ. And Greg was speaking at a table. And I was sitting adjacent to Greg. And I had my hand flat on a piece of paper and I was doing a, making a turkey hand while Greg was talking. <laughs> Greg stopped and while he was talking and looked over at me and like I was in the second grade and was like, what the fuck are you drawing? Hold that up. And I had to hold up my, do you remember that shit? Yeah. I had to hold up my, my turkey hand. And uh, later on that night, um, later, and later on that night, I was talking, we were at dinner or something. I was talking to my mom on the phone and Greg was at the dinner table. And uh, he took the phone from me. It was the first time he ever talked to my mom. And he told my mom, hey, I just want to let you know I'll take care of your son uh, for the rest of my life. And uh, do you remember that? All that? I don't remember that part. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I remember I remember Tony and, and Lauren had dealt with you more than I had. Right. <laughs> and And Lauren liked you and Tony didn't. Uh-huh. But they both considered you a problem. <laughs> and I thought I thought you were just kind of working within the confines of the system they'd set up and were maybe even outsmarting them. I didn't it seemed it seemed like a it seemed like a manageable thing to me. And then I enjoyed your company too. But uh and it's funny, I can see where Tony and, and Lauren would have trouble with you. Like how our personalities wouldn't mesh? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, he he he, uh, he always kept me close. From then on, one turkey hand, and then uh, Mike Halpin. Um, oh, oh, he wants to talk about go back to Jesus. Okay, yeah, Jesus was raised after three days. He brought down the Holy Spirit, and Paul, not Jesus, uh, wrote the majority of the New Testament. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Then Don Fall is not going to have any problem at all. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, how are you on time? I want to show you one more video. I'm good. I'm going okay. to show you one more video. This is a guy uh, who you you and I have talked about uh, uh, briefly. Um, I don't know much about him, but everything I see about him, I'm really enjoying. His, uh, he's a young man. I think he'll be, the, if he gets elected president, he would be the youngest president uh, ever elected in the United States. His name is uh, Vivek. Uh, Gramaswam, Gramaswami, Gramaswami, Gramaswami. I actually uh, 
this morning donated some money to his campaign uh, through through Instagram, believe it or not. I don't really donate to people's campaigns, but um, I like this guy. He's he's on CNN. And uh, his book on woke capitalism, I forget the name of it, but it's a, it's an outstanding read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's sharp. Very sharp. I'm going to I'm going to play this and then and then and then you sort of get your feedback, ambush you with this and then get your feedback on this. OK, here we go. I think it is shameful that I, as a competitor to President Trump in this race, have to ask questions that the media isn't asking. The job of the political media, if it has one job, is to hold the U.S. government accountable. Yes, we know that. And instead, we're doing the bidding. You're seeing the media doing the bidding of the U.S. government. No. Ask the question. Get to the bottom of what Biden told Garland and what Garland told Jack Smith. If the same shoe fit the other foot, you would not take their word at face value. Do not take their word now. Get to the bottom of it. Let's actually restore journalism in this country. That's what's actually missing is Thank getting you. to the truth. Okay. Thank you for that. We are absolutely asking these questions. Good. With respect due respect, I think it is shameful that I... Crazy, right? And yeah. she's lying, right? They're not doing those. They're, she's of lying. They're not. Of course they're not. Why do they keep having him on CNN? He, every time he goes on there, he does that. He, he lifts their skirt up. He pulls their curtain down and points to the, to the wizard. Yeah, well, what do they do? They'll quit having him, you think? I, I don't know. I wouldn't have him on anymore. If he, every time he came on the show, he, 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 he fucked with me. He, he's, he's awesome. He's great. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, do you like him? Would you vote for him? Yeah. Yeah. Sevy is still considered a problem. Well, fair enough. There was a great comment in here. Where is it? Oh, uh, you uh, know, Sevy, you and I haven't changed. That's where, to the extent that we've had problems. That's it. That's it. Well, I've changed a lot since I've known you. I've changed a lot. I don't know if change is the right word. Think I think I th I, th I think differently. I think I think more clearly. I'm happier. I was all, I've always been kind of happy, but but I'm happier. Uh, Sevon reminding Greg he will take care of him forever. Yeah, are you going to take care of me for breakfast this morning? What are you doing this morning? After I'm, I, the uh, the homeschool thing, the skating's been competing with the homeschool. Right. Sorry, I'm on team skate. Yeah. Yeah, I've been yeah. stealing your kids. Uh, did Greg red pill Sevy? I, I think that's fair. It happens. It happens to everyone as they get older. Oh, really? Yeah. You think there's hope for some of the older people in my life who I feel like haven't been red pilled? Hey, if you you know you hang out long enough and you keep looking, pretty soon patterns emerge. Hopefully. I think it all comes down to just asking for definitions. It's kind of like it, it, you just have to just keep asking for definitions of things and get to the root of shit. Do you remember there's a guy, Howard Griffin, I think, that did a Black Like Me. He dyed his skin black and then toured the South and got a beard. Yes, yes, I read that book. Yes. That? Yeah, he oh, died of cancer from that little stunt he pulled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great book. I, I wanted, before I became uh, infamous or famous even, I wanted to go up to UC Santa Cruz and do a uh, liberal like me and just grow my hair long and start spouting a bunch of anarchist bullshit and get a following going. Oh, I don't wow. think it's, 
I don't think that I don't think the uh, I don't think the anger is hard to imitate. I don't think the uh, the knee jerk responses are hard to imitate. I think the I think the whole thing could be done done pretty simply. I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know, but I'd love to see you do that. It's too late now. Oh, you got other shit to do? I got canceled. I'm not, not no longer eligible. Oh, no, you could totally do it still. Be seen for what it is. Uh, can I uh, see Greg when I come visit in July? Uh, you're coming and visiting in July? I, Greg doesn't even know where he'll be in July. Greg, you've kind of, you're kind of driven by weather a little bit. Very much so. Yeah, you've turned into one of those dudes, like where you're 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 looking for a, a a climate that suits you. Yeah, I'm a sunbird with uh or snowbird with three spots. It's per- it's working perfectly. Well, isn't it a, a snowbird or someone who flies away from the snow? Yeah, but I do it in, in steps. So it was too hot in Scottsdale, I'm not ready in Coeur d'Alene, and so we're here in Santa Cruz transitioning. Uh, Tyler uh, Sean Garris, uh, Sevon is Greg's charity work. All right. It's a good note. Okay. I appreciate it. I accept. I accept gifts. Hey, thanks you know, for coming on. It's five words and I have to think hard. I'm, I'm moving on. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on. This is, I'm, I'm, we've, it's, great, we, it's great to see you. Did you like this? The, 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 the computer and the headphone thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And when we get off now, it's going to tell you not to sh- shut your window. So just let it's got to upload like the high res recording or something so we can make like shit for TikTok and Instagram and shit like that. Okay. This is a, this really creates quite a dead space, the headphone. Meaning what? Just I can't hear anything but us, which is good, right? Yeah, I guess, unless it's distracting. No, it's isolating. It's interesting. We'll do a show, too, where I can open up the phone line, and then people can just call in. Cool. You expect to take the headphones off and the house full of smoke, you know? Good, could be. All right. All right. If, for, if for some reason you can't find your kids, call me, and um, I'll do breakfast with you. Perfect. Let's, we might do it anyways. Take uh, homeschool to, to breakfast. Okay, perfect. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Actually, I'll stay on for a minute. You're coming out here? Uh, I wish Greg would take me on a fishing trip and pretend to be my grandpa. I need some wisdom. Careful what you wish for. I'm telling you, it can be a lot to be around him. That's a tempered Greg. By a lot, I mean he'll just start fucking dropping bombs on you that you that you may not may or may not want to process. It's fun. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, Greg is great. He's mellow this morning. Mellow, mellow, mellow. Are toast pacers a fad? I didn't put mine on this morning, but they're not a fad. I missed them. I'm telling you, every time I put them on and take them off, my toes are a little further apart. I think they eventually go back throughout the day. But Oh, thank you, David. That was awesome, dude. Oh, thank you. Uh, David Abraham, uh, thank you, Sevy, for keeping us in the know. It's funny. Uh, it's so it, I, I, honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know what you're talking about, and uh, David, but okay. And uh, David Weed, I would have never thought that you thought that was awesome. And so, like, 
fuck. I always am sure shocked. Like, I don't know you guys. I don't have toe fungus. These don't even smell anymore. They only smell right when I take them off. Uh, Thais and Hopper. Wow, I've been spacing this whole time thinking you were too. I will. I mean, I normally do. Uh, Mike Poolboy, I'm wearing my toe spacers now. Uh, also have my ass plug in. Best uh, recovery combo ever. Rosie, love this show, Sevy. All right. Fine, so be it. Um, oh, oh, good. Thank you. That's so sweet. A text saying uh, that, was an awesome, that was awesome. Good job. Oh, that's so cool. Remember, if you accept compliments from people and you let them build you up, those same people can fucking break you down. Not even not those same people, but. Uh, the truth is, is well. Yeah, you guys get what I'm saying? So if I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. You guys think I'm cool. Then later on, someone's going to be like, you're a piece of shit. And I'm going to start crying. Oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. Applicants seeking to join the Royal Air Force described as useless white male pilots in bid to hit impossible diversity targets. Wow. June 1st, 2023. Unreal. I'll save that for tomorrow. Can you imagine having a diversity uh, goal for flying an airplane? That doesn't seem right. Leaked emails show the pressure apparently being applied to filter out white male recruits for the Royal Air Force and fast-track women and ethnic minorities. It can also be revealed 31 white men are receiving 5,000 pounds each to compensate them for being unfairly disadvantaged by the approach. What has happened to this world? What has happened? What is going on? What the fuck is going on? Uh, Leon J., very good episode. Very good. I burned my Reeboks last week. Dude, did you see what I posted on my Instagram? I went into the closet this morning. You know what's so funny? My wife yelled at me this morning. Not yelled. She doesn't yell. I should stop using that word. I heard my wife say from the bed, are you in the closet? And I was in the closet because I spotted these brand new pair of blue Nano 2s. I'm like, holy shit. We have so many fucking shoes in our closet. I, was, I must have been hoarding them back in the day. Oh, Wad Zombie, you said, are they more narrow like everyone is saying? No, th those aren't, those are, those are old. That's the old ones. They don't make blue anymore like that. Those are the old, I don't think they make blue ones like that. Those are old. Oh, someone is saying those are the OG 10th anniversary Nano ones. Oh. Oh. Shit. All right. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. People are fucking me up. I thought those were Nano 2s. My bad. And then someone said, are those genderless? I don't know. Those are my wife's shoes. She has a pussy. She has a pussy. <clears throat> uh, Fiona H., uh, you're so lucky to have a friend like Greg's. He seems like honest, don't mess with me type of guy. Yeah, he's very much don't mess with me. 
Very much so. He, he's just he, he's. My wife says that um, she has to approach me. She to in order to communicate with me, uh, timing is everything. She was explaining that to me, like with you, Savon, timing is everything. And it's funny, I'd never thought of that, but I feel that way about Greg too. Timing is everything. You have to you you. Um, that just happens to dudes as they get older. I don't know. But timing is everything. I guess kind of, is it like that with little kids? Yeah, there's 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 times throughout he has aisles. He's like a library. He has a nonfiction aisle, a fiction aisle, a fucking health aisle, self-help aisle. And like if you fucking ask, like he might have the greatest self-help aisle ever, but if you ask about fucking self-help when he's in the fucking only to doing fiction aisle, you're fucked. He won't like that. And what's weird is this show is kind of like that. This show really jumps around, right? I don't know if you guys saw. That was pretty experimental with Greg. First we had him on video. Then I was bringing up videos. The only thing we didn't do is take calls. Then I was showing him clips. I was trying. I was. I had some. I want to talk to. He loves comedy too. I want to talk to him about comedy. He's funny as fuck. He'll get on a roll and just start tearing shit up. He hasn't said anything about my man bun. I think his wife has made some comments about it. Uh, this show is autist, autistic. This show is austic, austic. This show is austic, austic, austic. He, I think he's better than okay. He was, he was really mellow this morning, dude. He is living a fucking good life. When he's in town, I try to hang out with him every single day. I try to bring my kids over there. It's fucking fun. It's like it's like being at your cousin's house who has like the big house with all the lawn space and the kids run around and there's bikes and skateboards and a fire burning outside and refrigerator just fucking full of fucking sliced mangoes. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a fucking good ass life. It's nothing, it's not like it's nothing like it's no Instagram life. It's not, it's none of that cheese dick shit. There's no Kardashians aren't walking around. It's not women, giant fake tits covered in makeup and dudes with gold necklaces. It's not like that. It's like you can just go over there barefoot and eat a steak and sit by the fire with them and fucking crack jokes and and watch fucking hawks and um, uh, crazy birds. Yesterday I went to Greg's house and the first thing he did was he's like, hey, come out here. So we go outside and... Uh, we're staring at a giant fucking bird of prey that's sitting on a power line by his house. There's not a lot of power lines by his house, but there's there's these because it's 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 in no man's land. But there's these fucking a couple like a hundred yards off. They crosses his property, but it's probably like a hundred or two hundred yards from his house. There's this one massive thick power line that's crossing. It looks like it's probably like for a whole city. And birds sit on it. And that's what you do over there. You go over there and just chill. And kids fucking, so many kids running around everywhere. And he has fireplaces everywhere. And then, and everyone's at home there. Like you can do whatever you want there. There's no, it's not like, 
Like, it would be weird if you came to my house and just went in my fridge. It's not weird at Greg's house. He has one fridge that's just, like, full of sparkling water and shit like that in the, in the garage. I'm telling you, it's good. It's fun. It's some familial shit. So, all right. Yeah, his life is fucking great. Um, Jay Hartle, uh, we love you, Heidi. Fuck yeah. Uh, I love you guys so much. All of you mean a lot to me. This is the best ecstasy I've ever had. Uh, tomorrow morning, who do I have on tomorrow morning? It's a fucking packed week now. Here we go. It's, we're going to take off. Uh, Asia Barto, dad talk. Oh, I already told you all this. And then the next day is J- Justin's and Ellie's uh, strength coach, Canadian dude. That's going to be a fun week. Um, Sevi, did you meet Amanda Hari? I did. I did meet Amanda Hari. And you know what's crazy is I watched her video yesterday, like like on, at 1.5 time, um, late last night, like 10 o'clock at night, on her visit there uh, to, to the ranch this weekend. And I, I, I don't remember if I met her. I, basically what happened was is I was there. I was really focused on making sure everything went perfect for Greg. And then I just got fucking destroyed by three uh, margaritas because um, I was on an empty stomach. I hadn't eaten anything all day. I was fasting until the evening. And I had these three margaritas with uh, Shanna Medeiros. And I was sauced. And I don't really remember too much. Like, But I remember meeting her and shaking her hand and saying hi. And then I remember thinking, God, I hope I wasn't rude to her. I, I don't think I was rude, but I, I think I was very like protective over my... Um, I can become very protective over my time and space and just want to get away from people. So I think I did that to her. I think I just kind of ran away, but maybe I'm making that up. Maybe she didn't want to talk to me either, but I, but I, I took, um, I took, a. Oh, uh, you were extra fun at the ranch. Oh, good. Extra fun. Yeah. I was fucking wrecked. Yeah. Uh, Sevy was drunk and forgot who she was. (laughs) Is that supposed to be who he was? Yeah, I definitely forgot who I was for a minute. I definitely forgot it was weird. Dude, I seriously felt like I was roofied. She spiked the margs with extra tequila because you called her son chubby. I don't know. I think she roofied me. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, You weren't rude. Amanda messaged me laughing because she felt like you had no idea who she was. No, no, I know who she is. Andrews introduced me to her. I mean, to her... uh, her work a long time ago. Yeah, I see. I see her in the. I ride the assault bike. I see everyone who's making YouTube or CrossFit content. I think who who pops in the alga algorithm. All right, uh, Mr. Mike uh, Arturian. Yeah, I probably Mike would be one of the guys I would if I was sauced. He was there. I probably gravitated to him and bugged him. All right. Um, I will see you tomorrow. I keep wanting to do a show with the boys on um, semifinals. A semifinal review, but I'm torn because I don't want to schedule anything because Greg's in town. I never know what I'm going to get to do with him. So there's that. Okay. Bye-bye.